0: Welcome to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez-Vu, and I will be serving as your Femme tour, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into graduate school. For the past 10 years, I've been helping undergraduate students get into top graduate programs in their field, and I'm really excited to share this information with you too. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Yvette. Um, Today, I'm doing a recording where I'm mostly just going to be speaking off the cuff, just my thoughts with regard to the Black Lives Matter movement, um, what we've been kind of witnessing kind of ongoing forms of police brutality, the um, understandable um, anger and um, the protests, the actions And also just in general, more folks are speaking out and about these issues of racialized forms of violence, uh, specifically violence against black folks. Um, And and now we're seeing more folks who are doing their best to say something. Um, We're seeing more non-black people of color, more white folks speaking out, trying to do their homework, making mistakes, um, but um, being supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement. And so I figured this was a good time for me to get back to my recordings, but also not be silent and also not acknowledge that this is, you know, at the front of a lot of our conversations right now. And I think that this definitely has implications for my podcast for what i talk about when i talk about grad school when i talk about academia when i'm trying to kind of advise and femtor you on how to prepare Um, and so i think really what i want to say is just to remind my listeners that white supremacy is completely embedded in grad school it's embedded in academia as a whole and so what now i mean in many ways it's really discouraging to think about oh what am i signing up for if if i am a student of color if i am a black student especially if i am um quote unquote low income uh, or a student in poverty if i am um if i am first generation, if I am not able-bodied or disabled in some way, if you are othered in any way, shape, or form, if you are oppressed in any way, shape, or form, what does that mean for me in grad school? What does that mean for me in academia? What does that mean for me in any institution? Because, again, it's not, this is not just something that's happening within the realms of the ivory tower. It is happening everywhere. Institutionalized racism is everywhere. And so what can we do? Do you still, should you still pursue graduate school? Uh, Should you move on to something else? (laughs) Should you completely kind of let go of all forms of uh, institutionalized spaces and try to build your own thing? I'm not here really to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. That's a very personal decision on your end. But um, I do want to let you know kind of what you're in for and, you know, whether or not it may be worth it to, to try to continue to pursue grad school. So one thing that I noticed is, at least in my feed, on social media, the conversations I'm part of, the networks I'm involved in. Um, I'm seeing a lot. I am not, I am on Instagram and Facebook, not very comfortable using Twitter. <laughs> That's where um, I self identify as an older millennial because I never quite got into Twitter. But I have been following some hashtags. Um, and you know, I've noticed that um there are a few hashtags that have been gaining a lot of momentum. One of them is you know uh, amplifying melanated voices, and the other one is Black in the Ivory Tower. And actually, I want to shout out the Black in the Ivory Tower um hashtag because that got started, or the 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 two individuals that started this were. Dr. Shardae Davis and Dr. Joy Woods. And actually um Dr. Shardae Davis is a UC Santa Barbara McNair alumna, so that's really interesting. Um it's an interesting coincidence. Um but it's great that these two individuals um she's an assistant professor at University of Connecticut and I believe Dr. Joy Woods is finished um, their work at university, at UT Austin. I may be wrong, or they may still be a grad student there. Um, But anyway, so they started this hashtag after just wanting to share more about all the experiences of systemic racism in academia. And if you're a person of color, you know what it's like to experience systemic racism. If you're a non-black POC, you don't know what it's like to be black. I don't know what it's like to be black. But I know what it's like to experience racism. I know what it's like to experience sexism, um, ableism, ageism, um, and I can keep going. But so Black in the Ivory Tower, uh, if you follow it, you'll, you'll start to read horrific accounts of just the everyday experiences that especially black folks um, experience in grad school, in academia. um, You know, for instance, you know, one thing that a lot of us are noticing, especially among white academics, is that a lot of them like to just pretend like this, this, this is not going on and it does not exist. I saw someone posted a tweet that said, after hearing about yet another black person being murdered from police brutality, they were asked, how was your weekend? Did you do anything fun? Really? Did you do anything fun? <sighs> I don't even know what to say about that. And, you know, that the, you know, other folks, a lot of folks have been sharing about just continuous occasions where folks have undermined their work, where folks have silenced them, have spoken over them have had their ideas being claimed by someone else. And this not only happens to POC, this happens to women all the time where people kind of talk over you and they ignore what you say. And then all of a sudden, a few minutes later, they're saying exactly what you said and other people are listening to them and they, they co-opt your your voice and your ideas. Um, and then there's like the added layer of if you are um, a black student or a black academic or a person of color in academia, but then you may also be from a working class or from a poor background, or maybe you're first gen, and you don't have the same generational wealth that a lot of your peers have, and you're not getting access to that, the same level of resources. Someone, someone wrote, um, Being a first-gen grad student with no generational wealth meant I watched my colleagues get professional guidance and financial support from their parents while I fumbled and racked up debt. I'll say I can definitely empathize with that because I am still struggling with trying to pay off student debt and credit card debt that I acquired in graduate school because of all of the hidden expenses, even though I was technically fully funded, there are a lot of expenses that come up um, and that are further kind of further um amplified I guess by being a parent and just any other expenses if you're a caregiver, if you are um supporting your parents um a lot of expenses come up for for those of us that come from low income or poor backgrounds, and then actually. Dr. Sharda Davis herself um, tweeted that, you know, she, she, it's the experience of being scared that someone will read your tweet, get in there, her, his feelings and retaliate. It's time to stop bullying, threatening and black, blackmailing us to stay silent. We are standing in our rights to be truth tellers. And this couldn't be more true. I mean, just the stuff that you hear regularly from individuals in positions of power, positions of authority, folks who are gatekeepers, folks who have power and control over you who could in one minute um, get you fired or get you removed from your program or get you to no longer have access to funding. It is scary to speak up. Um, someone else wrote, when you're too scared to like or retweet some Black in the Ivory ivory Tower stories because they reflect your exact experience, but you know it's not safe, so you just bookmark them to remind yourself that you're not the only one. And then let's say you you are a grad student, you are a professor, you are a staff member in higher ed, and you're doing your best to try to eliminate these barriers like someone wrote um, you do everything in your power to eliminate the large-scale barriers that keep your people out but then you're also attempting to convince your institution to not be racist and you're having to do your best to not go off Um, it's like you just you have multiple jobs (laughs) multiple roles and quite frankly it's exhausting there's so much emotional labor that's involved when you are a person of color um, and especially if you are black in the ivory tower, so these are just a few examples they're not even the worst stories they They are only the stories of individuals who felt comfortable sharing them in a public space so they um there are some way worse stories um that folks can share that they just they're not they don't feel safe enough to do so 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 what then? You're hearing all these bad experiences. Maybe you yourself have felt that, have experienced that, have witnessed that. And um, what do you do? Um, I'll just say that institutionalized racism and white supremacy is everywhere. So if you're trying to hide from it, if you're trying to run away from it... (laughs) I don't think that's possible, so it's just a matter of what is your capac- what is in your capacity, what are you willing to, what are you willing to, to accept, what are you willing to fight, what are you willing to kind of do something about, and so I mean for me, I was one of two Latinas in my program. There were like two other. There were two black individuals in my program, and then everybody else was white. We had a couple of um, international students, um, non-black POC international students, Um, but a lot of the folks in my cohort were very privileged, um, and and by privileged, I mean they were either middle class or wealthy, and... It was a very toxic space for me um i many times didn't feel supported i didn't feel like i was understood and i can only imagine that that was experienced that experience was much worse and much harder on the black folks in our program and i did see some folks who who who, quite frankly left and i don't blame them so um but again for me i felt it was necessary to get that degree, I felt it was necessary. Um, at least in terms of my own personal and professional advancement, uh, to have access to knowledge, to gain that sense of consciousness, to gain that skill set, to put me in a position to hopefully get a better job. And that by the time I graduated, I knew that that job didn't necessarily have to be a tenure track job. It didn't even necessarily have to be in academia per se. Um, And I have no regrets with my decision uh, to complete my PhD in theater and performance studies, to pursue a job um, in student affairs and academic affairs, and to do what I do now, which is do my best to support students. And I will say that, you know, as a non-black person of color, I am not perfect. I make mistakes, uh, but I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to speak up. I'm willing to kind of learn from my mistakes. Um, I'm willing to be a source of support for my students. So what else am I doing um, at this time to try to support what's going on? Um, Well, in terms of um, at work, I've been personally reaching out to students. I've been trying to ensure that our program publicly supports the Black Lives Matter movement. And um, I don't believe in like blank or empty statements. Um, I am trying to back it up by having our staff attend trainings to better support Black students on campus, to be better femtors, mentors, advisors, teachers. Um, On a personal note, I'm continuing to have discussions about racism, sexism, classism, and so on in our home, Um, you know, with my partner, with my son, with my extended family, um, trying to promote not just an inclusive environment, but a specifically anti-racist environment in our home. I am also, as some of you may know, involved in the Chicana Mother Work Collective where we shed light on the experiences of mothers of color in academia. And for that collective, I've um, drafted and developed a social justice summer curriculum for children, which I'm happy that we'll be able to distribute as a free resource uh, for parents within the next week or so. Um, and then, I'm. I'm still doing my homework. I'm not perfect. Um I still have a lot to learn. I'm still going to make mistakes. So I'm continuing to do my own readings aside from the readings that, you know, the children's books that I have. Um so doing my own readings, listening to additional podcasts and kind of like checking myself, you know, reminding myself um you know, when to sit my butt down and listen when to um, when to speak up uh, when to um, amplify the voices of others, when to highlight um, others instead of myself And so um, with that I just I want to encourage my listeners to be brave to do what you can within your limits within your, Capacity, you know, that may be attending a protest or multiple protests that may be donating to causes that may be spending your money um, to support black owned businesses that may be um, having those conversations with your family, calling out your racist relative, um, being willing to speak up and speak out um, because You know, if we don't do that homework at home, we're seeing kind of like the ramifications of that, of of folks not getting schooled, of folks not getting called out, of folks not learning. Um, What else can it be? It can be, um, you know, being a listening ear to a black friend or a black loved one. It can um, mean reading more um, racially diverse books, um, anti-racist books for children. It can mean um, whatever it is that you can do within your own platform, within your own community to continue to shed light, to continue to do your homework, to continue to better yourself. Um. And to know that this is not about you, that uh, this is a much larger thing, that this is not just what's going on now. This is a long-term commitment. This is a fight that we're going to have to keep up with probably for the rest of our lives. And so what can you do to ensure that you can keep doing this for the long haul? You know, Also, don't forget to take care of yourself in the process. Um, But yeah, I really do hope that this motivates you to do something not just to remain silent um, not just to kind of try to be in your space of comfort um, but to to take action in some way shape or form so I hope you all um, have better days and I'll be here if you want to reach out I am also here to support my listeners So I will talk to you all soon. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you tune in. You can also support the podcast by donating to my Patreon page, Anchor page, or Venmo account, which is at gradschoolfemtouring. If you have questions or episode topics, you can contact me by sending me a DM on Instagram, sending me an email to gradschoolfemtouring at gmail.com, sending me a voice message on Anchor, or sending me a message via my personal website at yvettemartinezvu.com. Until next time.